0: The questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas.
1: Do you know you have a physician within you, and perhaps you don't know about it? Your dreams can provide inner guidance and life-saving information. Since ancient Egypt and Greece, people have relied on dreaming to diagnose illness and get answers to personal life challenges. Now dreams are making a grand reappearance in the medical arena, as recent scientific research and medical pathology reports validate the diagnostic abilities of precognitive dreams. Are we stepping back into the future, as modern medical tests show dreams can be early warning signs of cancer and other diseases? Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Famburgas, at Veritas Radio. If you want to listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. I always love to hear from you. Tonight's special guests are Kathleen O'Keefe canavis and Dr. Larry Burke. Kathleen has spent years studying and teaching about dreams, a three-time breast cancer survivor whose premonitory dreams diagnose her cancer. She credits her survival to conventional treatment combined with her dreams as a diagnostic tool. Kathleen is one of 20 case studies from a paper on precognitive dreams that diagnosed breast cancer recently published in a medical journal. She lives in Palm Beach, Florida. And Dr. Larry Burke, MD, is the president of Healing Imager PC, specializing in teleradiology, emotional freedom techniques, hypnosis, and dream work. He attended medical school and residency training at the University of Pittsburgh and later trained in acupuncture and hypnosis, becoming a certified energy health practitioner. The author of Let Magic Happen, he lives in Durham, Durham North Carolina. Tonight's special guests discuss their new book titled, Dreams That Can Save Your Life, Early Warning Signs of Cancer and
2: Other Diseases.
1: Hello, Kathleen and Dr.
2: Burke. Welcome to Veritas.
0: Uh, thank you, Mel, for having us on.
2: Uh, yes, indeed. It's, it's great to be here. And I'm looking forward to coming to Arizona in real time in a month. Uh, oh, it'll be a pleasure.
1: And may I call you Kat and Larry?
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Thank you very much. Well, this is a very special, special interview because dreams have been something very important to all of us, although we don't seem to discuss it that much. But the fact that the medical industry is now paying attention to this. Is the medical industry taking dreams seriously once and for all?
2: Uh, I'd say we still have a ways to go. Um, (laughs) The the study that uh, I published and that Kathleen uh, participated in was a pilot study and much more research needs to be done. And we're uh, attempting to uh, restore dreams to their rightful place in medicine and healing uh the indigenous people have known this for thousands of years. And as you mentioned, the Greeks uh, and, and Egyptians and others have been doing it for millennia also.
1: It's interesting that I always mention in the past few months that it seems that academia says that technology, the evolution of technology is linear. In other words, we are the top of the pyramid when it comes to knowledge. But we look back at the ancient ones and they did. They were using dreams as a factor in determining disease thousands of years ago. Why do you think that is? Now, finally, we're paying attention to what the ancient ones did.
2: Well, I mean, Freud and Jung uh, clearly uh, did a lot to bring dreams back onto the radar screen uh, 150 years ago, when technology was just starting to boom. But uh, unfortunately, in the last hundred years, technology has really outstripped. Uh, our interest in the inner workings of, of the soul, and dreams are a big part of that. Uh, I think we're seeing people beginning to realize that uh, technology may not save us after all. So may, maybe we have to go back inside and get the answers.
1: Is there a connection between dreams and possible disease and what Edgar Cayce did? I know that uh, you know many people... Follow his studies. Some people think that he was just it was just uh, you know baloney what he was saying. But there's so much information about what he did. Was he actually dreaming?
2: Well, I think there's a this long spectrum of altered states of consciousness from daydreaming uh, that all of us do uh, on a regular basis to uh, the, the liminal states when we're going in and out of sleep and we're we're passing into altered states where the brainwaves slow down from beta to alpha into theta, and you get vivid images. And then for someone like Casey, he's tapping into a whole whole other level of connecting to the higher self or Akashic Records or whatever you want to call it. And some people have the ability to do that when they're awake. Other people do it when they're in a trance, like Casey was really in a trance when he was in because he didn't have any conscious memory of of what he said uh, when he was doing his readings, and other people do it when they're completely asleep, um, and and there's various different levels of of sleeping in in terms of lucid dreaming versus uh, many other types of dreaming, and and, and Kat can explain her take on the different ways that she dreams. Go ahead, Kat.
0: Okay, so um, you know, usually when I dream, and Edgar Casey was a a dreaming prophet. So he was asleep when he would uh dream these prophecies, and then he he wouldn't really remember them. And so in the case of many dreamers, they're able to pull those dreams out. Out with them, in other words, Edgar Casey didn't know he was dreaming when he was dreaming because he was awake before he went into that state. But in our cases, and with many of the women in Dr. Larry Burke's study, we are able to bring these dreams back into our waking world, into our w- waking realm. And in my case, it was like doorways into divine areas where you got information. So I would have a regular. Epic dream or my regular dream would be playing in my mind while I was asleep, and suddenly that dream would freeze, much like your your computer, uh, the the page on your computer, it just freezes. And then I'd get a pop up window in my dream, just like you get a pop up window on your computer, and I could see through that window. There were there was movement, and then that window would turn into a door in my dream, and through that door would walk a monk. And I have no idea why a monk, bell. I have no idea. You know, everybody else has all these really, really cute uh, spirit guides. But I have these very stern monks who are very, very good. But they would walk through the dream doorway and say, come with us. We have something to tell you. And they would take me into that room between realms, which was a room that was neither of the living nor the dead But both could join there to give information to each other and anybody brought into that room. And that's where they told me, took my hand, placed it on my breast and said you have breast cancer. Can you feel that? And I said, yes. And they said, go back to your doctor tomorrow and get a separate set of tests. So then they would take me back through the dream door, that door would close and my dream would start back up again. The one that had frozen because while I was in that room between realms, time had stood still.
1: And at the time you did not know that you had breast cancer.
0: Well, I was hoping they were wrong. Um, I had gone for my yearly mammogram and pap smear and uh, blood test and and physical exam uh, just a few weeks before that it looked like not even that long, just like a week before that and and uh, the results had come back negative for any breast cancer. I was totally healthy uh, that at least that's what the paperwork said, and that's when the nightmares started. And they continued for three months until I was able to convince my doctor to do exploratory surgery to find the breast cancer, which was an aggressive cancer, stage two and in in a lymph node.
1: This is absolutely incredible. Do you think, Kat, that you were tapping into the spirit world?
0: I absolutely believe that. Yes. And and it wasn't just me. Many of the stories in the book taught, speak of uh, deceased loved ones, some of which they had never met. Those loved ones or those family members had died before that person was born. Yet when they were going through treatment, they saw them from the other side. They came into this Area between worlds uh, to check on them. So I think we all have that capability. I think through these sacred dream world war, doors, we can go back to connect with the people with whom we were associating before we were born.
2: Yeah, and the other thing I was going to say some of the dreamers also reported being visited by. Uh, white-coated healthcare professionals, uh, either doctors or nurses or, or counselors, uh, who they later met uh, a few days or a few weeks later and recognized uh, that they'd been uh, with them in the dream. So that's very precognitive, that they're anticipating meeting someone you know, in the future.
1: Mm-hmm. See, how can... How, of course, I deal with a radio program that discusses the paranormal also and, and the most real, you know, the medical aspect too. But how can you ignore testimony after testimony and your book is filled with them of people who have dreams and exactly or almost exactly what they dreamt manifested? How can you explain that to a scientist?
2: <laughs> well, I usually give three different possible explanations for some of the, the dream information that we're getting. Uh, the, the simplest for a scientist to Except would be well. Actually, the women in the study might have had some subtle symptoms that they were either ignoring or denying, and then the dream just brought it to their attention. Uh, that that most people can get their minds around, uh, and and people do like to avoid their symptoms. That that, that does happen uh, all the time. Uh, the second level would be there's some signaling mechanism in uh, the you know neuro Anatomy uh, of connecting the breast to the uh, limbic system and the brain, and turning it into a dream, and that might be a mechanism we don't really understand from a neurophysiologic point of view yet. And then, of course, the third level, which is hardest for conventional scientists to accept, would be what I just described as having a precognitive dream about someone you're going to meet a week from now, which violates all the principles of uh, of space and time. <laughs> Now, oh, tell oh, oh, <laughs> No, go ahead. Finish your thought. I was just saying, uh, uh, that's too bad, but I, I'm not, the scientists are going to have to come up with a new theory. <laughs>
1: <then>. <laughs> yes. Now, tell us about the history of healing dreams. Tell us, go back to the beginning.
2: Well, I, I think obviously probably the oldest recorded stories about uh, dreams are from the aboriginal people, which probably go back 40,000 years into the what they refer to as the dream time, which was their concept that what we were living in was a waking dream and that they were tapping into a, a bigger consciousness, which they called the dream time. And then Native Americans have been using big in, the, in the shamanic traditions for, for millennia as well. And, Clearly some of those healing processes are guided by what are called big dreams. And then the Egyptian Sclepian temples were uh, established to allow people to go in on a pilgrimage seeking an answer to a health question, and then with the intention of sleeping overnight in the temple, incubating a dream, and then discussing the dream with a priest the next morning in hopes of getting a prescription for some herbal remedy or perhaps even having a dream that would accomplish the healing all by itself.
1: How did the Breast Cancer Dreams Project uh, begin?
2: It uh, began through two of my friends who told me about their dreams. And the first one was a precognitive dream of being on a uh, operating room table with a woman surgeon operating on her breast, knew exactly where the cancer was. And then when she went to get her mammogram, They told her it was normal, and she wasn't satisfied and said, I I need an ultrasound, and went back and forth with the radiologist until she finally told her exactly where to do the ultrasound and found the cancer, even though the mammogram had been normal. And my second friend was a physician who had a similar experience. The mammogram was reported to be normal, but she was so convinced that she had breast cancer that she insisted on going over the... Films with a radiologist and pointed out a suspicious area that had been overlooked, and that that turned out to be the cancer. So, those two got me started on this research quest.
1: I'm going to repeat the question again because it's what does the medical industry say about these dream warnings preceding the diagnosis of breast cancer research results? Let's say, SU cat, the Mm -hmm. results came out negative again and again and again, but then you had these dreams. How do you confront? a medical doctor and tell them, listen, I'm having these dreams. I want to do deeper, deeper analysis as to what's happening with me.
0: Well, you do it very carefully <laughs> because you want to get treatment and not a padded cell. So you, um, I actually did not tell <laughs> my doctors uh, because they were very conservative Boston doctors and, and I knew that. Um, and so what I did was just i was I stood in my power and spoke my truth, and was very insistent that I needed a second set of tests, and in my case, I was armed by my my monk. Uh, Franciscan monk spirit guides with a tiny feather they had given me at the last dream I had had when I saw them step through those doors and I started crying. And I said, look, I've been back to my doctors numerous times every time you've sent me and they're still giving me the same tests and telling me I'm healthy to go home. So if I really do have cancer and you want me to live, help me And they handed me a tiny white feather and said, go back tomorrow without an appointment and use this feather as though it's a sword and cut through your doctor's arguments and you'll get exploratory surgery. And that's what I did. So I did not tell my doctor that I was having dreams because my gut instinct was telling me that they would not have been as open to that as just me being persistent. So I was persistent and that did work and, and it took me three and a half months to get that exploratory surgery, which brings us back to the idea of the book Dreams as an Early Warning Sign of Cancer and Other Diseases. If my doctor had simply said, You know, if you're having uh, these anxiety attacks, I was just saying I'm having anxiety attacks. I'm very anxious. I know something's wrong. Um, And he he had said three months before that, let's do uh, an MRI. Just just do an MRI, um, then my cancer would have been found before it had traveled already to a lymph node. And it might have been found at such an early stage, I wouldn't have had to have the severe chemotherapy, the 36 treatments of radiation and surgery on top of it. So that's one of the reasons why Dr. Larry Burke and I wrote this book, because we need to use those dreams that are given to us as early warning signs, uh, because that's what they are.
1: So you actually went through full standard of care, through so all I, the battery- I went through.
0: I went through full ca- standard of care twice, uh, because I had recurrence. And the doctors, again, missed it. They were using mammograms to watch for recurrence when mammograms hadn't shown the first breast cancer. And by the time I was able to get an MRI, which again took me three and a half months, and remember we're we 're not a third world country when it comes to medicine, yet that 's how hard and how long and how persistently you have to fight to get the tests you know you need and at that point i was uh, I had a nine by eleven centimeter tumor that was missed with mammograms, and again I had to go through chemotherapy. Uh, radiation therapy and I ended up with a double mastectomy. So the dreams could have kept me from going through all that if the doctors would have simply said, what makes you think you have this? And if I knew that they were open and I said, well, I'm having a dream and they said, okay, let's do a second set of tests. If you're that uncomfortable about the results that you had previously, let's just go ahead and do um, an- another test. And find this stuff earlier. Why Why should anybody have to fight that hard to stay alive?
1: Well, and unfortunately, most people treat doctors. And no offense, Dr. Burke, because you seem to be outside the box. You seem to think yes. outside the box, that is. But uh, most people treat doctors like like demigods. Whatever they say goes. And, you know, even if you have a dream, some people may ignore it. And what I always say, you are responsible for your own health folks mm-hmm. just because doctors went to medical school and spent all those decades studying it's they're not perfect and sometimes the answer lies somewhere else and who would have thought that in a dream the answer might be now what about some of the basic dream categories what are some of the
2: them
0: uh do you want to take that larry uh,
2: well i mean there are, a cat has a a nice chapter in the book which goes through all different categories, but uh, some of the basic ones are precognitive dreams where you're dreaming the future. I mean, that's perhaps the most exotic kind, other than lucid dreams where you're actually aware that you're dreaming while you're still asleep. Uh, and then there are uh, the diagnostic dreams where. You're
3: Thank you for listening.